0: I wonder, Andrew, have you ever heard of have you ever heard of this thing called CrossFit? I, I've
1: heard of it. You heard of it? I've tried it. I, I tried it. I suck at it.
0: Oh, did you? Well, I just I, it comes to my mind because, from what I understand, because I haven't tried it, from what I understand, it has to do with some pretty intense exercise for your physical body. Yes. Now,
1: Con- constantly I, varied functional movement performed at high intensity.
0: Oh, okay. That this is CrossFit. The high intensity thing, that's what comes to my mind when I think to myself, I mean, I I don't know a lot about like sport and fitness and things like that, but it seems to me that an important part of the equation that I hear about all the time is something like recovery, right? Whether that's Mm -hmm. your ice baths and your electrolytes and your creatine, right? Stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ones is like, how much sleep are you getting? How much rest are you getting? Do you have an off day, right? Uh Uh-huh. Probably the most intense thing that I do on a regular basis is competition season for bagpiping. So if that's intense in the way that CrossFit is intense. By the way, you know what else is intense? Camping. Do I need, do I need bagpipe ice baths? That's symbolic, right? Do I need an off day? Do I need an off season? Come wintertime, should I be taking a break? Or should I be keeping myself in shape so that I'm ready to go when band rehearsals start up again?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think that, yes, I mean, I think you do need a break, but also I, my general philosophy on the matter, by the way, whether it's CrossFit or uh, bagpiping or something else, uh, is that if you find yourself in need of a prolonged break, it's an indication that something in the process went haywire. Mm. So. Uh, one of the things that we want to be able to do as pipers or as athletes, and I personally use that term very loosely, but one of the things that we want to be able to do is we want to be able to keep it going, right? Because as we know, sort of being able to do our thing daily is one, probably one of the biggest correlates to success. It sort of reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen that Jerry Seinfeld documentary where they show all the jokes that he's written. Oh right, Seinfeld like is famous, street, right? Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld is famous for when he decided he wanted to become a serious comedian. He's famous for sort of making the decision. Okay, cool. Whatever I do, right? I'm going to write at least one joke every day, and it doesn't matter if the joke is good or bad, and it doesn't matter if that one joke becomes 14 jokes that he writes that day. But the rule he set for himself is that every day I'm going to do at least something. Right. And so, if I think if you got to the point where you're so burned out or tired or exhausted that you really can't stomach playing for a while, right, that's a good, by the way, I think that's normal. I think it's going to happen. But that would also be a good time to reflect and ask yourself, mm. okay, so what did I screw up here? Why, how did I get myself to this point where, by the way, just throwing it out there, the reason we play bagpipes, hopefully, is for at least in large part for enjoyment, because we like to do it. I always find I take a protracted, is that the right word? I think I, I take a protracted uh, break after the Worlds, but that's a good, you know, that that's a great indicator for me. It's no surprise to me. It's no mystery that the world is sort of like, especially in a top grade one band, the world is taking bagpipes and bringing it to an unhealthy level for several weeks at least gearing up and getting ready. And then there's the actual two weeks before the Worlds. It's just wild and crazy. It's bagpipes nonstop. And by the way, the bagpipes are usually a little bit harder to blow, so you you get physically tired. And then Mm. when you get home from the Worlds, you're like, oh my God. And then you just, the thought of picking up your bagpipes again for a few weeks is pretty gross. Some people do it, of course, right? Some people switch over to their solo bagpipe and they go play at Oban and Inverness and stuff like that afterwards. So props to them. And if I was playing solos, I would keep it going, but man, that would probably make my desire to, when I got home to play some more, that would probably take my desire even lower. So you just have to, you have to evaluate that and you have to kind of think about, okay, how could I do this better?
0: So, so using the sports metaphor, you know I mean? still, I think maybe there's. It's important to draw the distinction that on the one hand, there are the like ultra marathon runners. Your friend and mine, Swan, he's pointed out to me before. He has a friend who does this run. They they run all the way across Utah, where Swan and I live, like all the way across, maybe across twice. It's just something insane like that without stopping, yeah. right? And that he's seems been like, like a, a support. Fun
1: place. That seems like a great idea.
0: Yeah, fun place to be outside running for a long time, any time of year. Uh, and he's been like a support person for this friend of his before and been told like when they take a drink of water or something like that, it's okay if they're coughing and a little bit of blood comes out. But what you're right. watching for is pink materials because if that's happening, that's actually the flesh of their lungs because, yes. <laughs> because like their body's breaking. So like maybe doing the worlds is kind of like an extreme thing where you know, there's <laughs> like a genuine need to let your body heal after this. And in your case, probably part of that is even just like the jet lag of living in a different time zone for a week. Right. But most of us.
1: Just for the record, by the way, just just to respond to what you said. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's Mm. probably just I don't think I don't think what we're doing is physically dangerous at all. Zero. zero, Well, not quite zero percent, because there are some injuries you can get from playing bagpipes that are too hard. But mostly speaking, no, nobody's getting injured here. I just think you're doing a lot of high-intensity bagpiping on relatively limited sleep. So yeah, so I think it. Yeah, it takes a, a basic toll on your body, but nothing like ultra-marathoning. Which, by the way, that just sounds insane to me. Like, why mm. you, you don't want chunks of your lung to come up at any point during exercise? I would think that. That I seems would a think, little bit... right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this could be maybe this is a confusing metaphor to use because, of course. Talking about exercise, it's like it's kinda of, it, there's that's a lot of physicality and there is physicality built into bagpiping, but maybe the equivalent is after playing at the worlds, you've got mental or even mm-hmm. emotional chunks of lung coming out. <laughs> it's like
1: the oh yeah, weirdest, time.
0: messiest metaphor ever. But yeah, it's like the need for yep. recovery might be more like your your mental energies are spent.
1: And it all counts, right? It's all under the same umbrella. By the way, exercise is the same way. But what hmm. you'll typically find is <clears throat> even if you're really sore. By the time you get in and start moving around, you're fine. Your body's fine. Usually the reason that you don't make it back to the gym is some sort of mental reason. Either mm. either making excuses or convincing yourself you're too tired or convincing yourself that you don't have the time today. A classic what? adult, class, classic Western adult excuse. Yeah. You don't have enough time and there you go.
0: It does occur to me that like another... Another thing we might draw on is like an example of this is maybe the academic cycle for like college professors Mm -hmm. where there's a semester and then there's a time that's not the semester. And often there is prep work that might happen there and stuff like that. But uh, then there's another semester and then there's a time that's not the semester. And on a larger scale, there are things called sabbaticals, right, where you might just still do your work, but in a change of scenery, right, on a different campus or a slightly different topic or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's a thing, too. I guess part of what I'm driving at here, Andrew, is is there potential that every winter where I'm not doing the ultra marathon of bagpiping, I'm playing two to four competitions every summer. And there's some intensity that goes into prepping for that. But do I, should I be looking forward to every winter thinking I get to not touch my bagpipes for three months <laughs> and that's going to be great? Or do I treat it more like a sabbatical where I go, well, I'm still going to play, but I'm going to play a different kind of tune or maybe going to play less mm-hmm. often than I have been during the most intense times of the summer or play a different, a slightly different variation of bagpipes. Maybe I get some border pipes or or a gaita, or some small pipes or something like that. You know what I mean? Kind of take mm-hmm. a break, but a break that's not a complete cessation of all bagpiping. I guess basically what I'm driving at is that an option, a better option, is it? Should we all give ourselves a couple weeks around the holidays to just not worry about bagpiping? I guess the other things that are floating around in my head is I have heard people talk about, like with training for sports, how this idea that if you put in a really intense session three times at the beginning of the week, your body will refuse to let you do any more on the tail end Mm -hmm. of the week. And so it's like you could get in 12 hours of training if you put in four hours a day. Or you could get in 14 hours of training if you did two hours a day, because then you could do two more hours every day of the week. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and, and I think if you're training so hard at the beginning of the week that you can't function later in the week, right? Uh, going back to my original point, I think we should reflect and look back at, at what we did wrong there, right? So CrossFit's pretty classic that way. There's a lot of workouts where you could do the full weight that they write on the board right? But the better choice is to scale it so you can live to train another day, right? And you want to be able to kind of load balance throughout the week, right? So it it might also be something where if your wheelhouse workout's coming up on Thursday and that you're going to absolutely sell your soul to the devil, then, then perhaps you don't want to go absolutely bananas in the days leading up to it or scale things back a little bit. And I think piping's absolutely the same way, right? In the sense that We don't want to practice so hard that we just don't have it in ourselves to practice more later. And then there's lots of creative ways you could scale back. So you're asking about the holidays or asking about vacation. Uh, yeah, I I think, yeah, yeah, Yeah. but like the holidays or vacation, right. That, that would be a chance or that would be an opportunity and a place where you probably want to scale things back. Right. But you probably don't want to do nothing. So what are some things you can do to scale back? but keep it a little bit above nothing, right? Because what I find is if I do nothing over the holidays, then it takes me three weeks before I will myself to do something again. <laughs> yeah. So what's something that you can do? And I think you could scale all the way down to just making sure you're listening to a lot of bagpipe music and maybe you're taking that time to listen to some new stuff or to really carefully listen through all the Fittick recordings or something like that. Just c- kind of keeping your head in the game maybe working on getting some inspiration. Maybe you have your Blair chanter or uh, other electronic device just to play a couple of tunes here and there when you're bored or when you need to get away from the relatives or something like that. But you just kind of keep things moving. You kind of keep things moving a little bit, even though you're not playing the full pipes. Or another way to do it would be, because we have these discussions all the time at the dojo, right? Another way to do it would be, okay, before the relatives come over, I'm going in the back room, and I'm getting my one tune in for today. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to fire up the pipes, probably less than five minutes, and I'm just going to have my tune. Or something that we'll do a lot in a band where we're all playing cane drone reads, sometimes the thing that you do is you just go in the back room, and you just blow your drones for five minutes. Mm -hmm. You just do something to keep it going, and you're never kind of like, pushing yourself to the limits, right? You're never getting to the point where it's like, oh my God, it's, if I don't start now, I'm not going to get my three hours in today. That, that's the type of behavior that's going to end up getting you burned out, I think. So
0: maybe we scale it back to the Jerry Seinfeld one joke a day thing.
1: And, and if right. we get
0: more tunes than the one in during the day, that, that's fine. But if we only get the yep. one in, we're still like giving a little touch every, every, every day.
1: Yes, exactly. Like t- touch it every day. Hmm. You know. Uh <laughs> By that I mean your bagpipes, right? Uh so it's going to be fun. Oh god. I'm in trouble now. So uh so uh, g- give the bagpipes a little touch every day, just like if you're a basketball player, it's probably good to at least dribble your basketball a little bit every day. <laughs> Wait. This isn't no, this is going the wrong direction. Uh but uh and then some days you'll surprise yourself and you'll get a couple dribbles in and suddenly you'll be in the mood to put in a full practice session and it just kind of happens and you're like, oh, actually I thought I was feeling bad, but actually this has sparked something and I'm feeling good today. And then other days you'll be really surprised to find that where you were in the mood to put in a full practice session, suddenly you get the pipes going, maybe your hands just aren't feeling quite right and it's just not going to be your day, right? So some days it's full on attack and that sort of surprises you. And some days it's maybe a little bit of a retreat. This isn't going how I envisioned it going. And rather than force yourself to work through something where you're not having a lot of fun, you can back things off Mm -hmm. and just be like, what? I got three or four tunes in today. I'm going to cut my losses and I'll come back to it tomorrow. Now you can't do that all the time. If that's all you ever do, that's going to be a problem. So you don't want it to be, you don't want that to be the usual. But every now and then, it's totally fine to cut your losses. You can always come back to it tomorrow with fresh eyes. I, I
0: can imagine the, the, the potential for like, if you, if you don't know when to stop and come back tomorrow, then tomorrow you might really not want to play your pipes at all. And exactly. so then that could turn into days or even weeks of just not playing at all. And that's less than ideal, of course.
1: Yep. And really type A freaks, right? So I sort of have a, I don't know what the right word is, a bi, a bilateral existence. Like sometimes I'm extreme type A and sometimes I'm like extreme type B and I kind of go back and forth, but you can get stuck in a type A rut that can do a lot of damage, right? I think you see that a lot in the pipe band world, right? You see people being super type A, oh, this is the year. I'm going to get into Mm. the next grade, right? Oh, I'm going to get out of grade three. This is the year. And of course, Mm. mm, that's a really treacherous thing to become super type A about namely because you can't control what other pipers are going to do during these competitions. And so we get really obsessed about competing and then we push ourselves to unnatural limits. I mean, that just seems like you're on a, you're on a crash course for possibly falling off a cliff in terms of how mm. much you want to do this anymore. And some, some pipe bands can be that way, you can drive too hard to achieve something and By the way, a lot of times you're trying to do something that you're not really in control of the outcome anyway. So, so yeah, it's all about load balancing. Let's go back to the original question, Jim, because I feel like I've forced us to depart, which is at the end of the season, should you take time off? Is that the question? That's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah. So I say yes, no. Short answer. Yes. With an if. long answer. No. With a butt. obviously we're going to take time off from the any sort of hard driving that we were doing when we get to the end of the season but that's that's a time for other activities to to fill into their place i think pipers regularly underestimate the value of immersing themselves and just listening to music and just getting involved in it so during the off season yeah sit back relax not playing as much but maybe diving into some new ideas right could be a good time to write a new tune could be a good time to learn about chord progressions but could be a good time to go practice your drum set or another instrument or work on your guitar playing or something for a few weeks notice how you can switch gears without it officially being time off right and mm-hmm. that's often a good thing to do during the off season it's like Meh, i'm still kind of working on things but it's not explicitly type a style bagpipe practicing that that's how i sort of think about my off season Andrew, do you
0: remember a while ago we did an episode where you were telling me about problems and there were, you had a great quote that had to do with like how we should learn to love this problem and yes. then be delighted when there are problem children and stuff like yes. that. And I remember you describing this situation where it's like um, this might be built into humanity that maybe we think what we want is to be able to just sit down and do nothing. But maybe what we actually want is to solve problems. Maybe we're like driven to that and that actually brings us satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And so as you describe this, I'm just thinking to me, it's sounding like we can change which problems, if you want to call it that, we're solving and maybe they're less intense ones, but we probably are happier during the off season if we're still like doing something. Don't do nothing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think that humans are sort of like universal explainers. And therefore, creativity is the secret ingredient, right? Mm. It, that That's what we love to do. And then you ask the question, what is creativity? And maybe on one end, it's like this deep and meaningful artistic pursuit, okay? But really, creativity is, you know, uh, conjecturing and mm. figuring out ways to solve little problems or or discovering something new or, or taking something old and looking at it in a new way or changing our perspective, all this kind of stuff, right? So we kind of, we always need to be doing that. And I mean, I wonder if over-practicing, I wonder if we're kind of like extracting the creativity that we enjoy out of the situation. Interesting. I, yeah. I wonder if we just practice our P-Brock. We've got our one P-Brock. This is what we're going to use to get out of grade three. And we just play it over and over again. You can sort of, you can sort of picture it happening, right? You can picture, oh, each time I do this, it's actually less and less creative, isn't it? It's more and more like, mm. here's my p in a can, which by the way, that might lead to a lot of competitive success, right? It's like sure. you, you say, play p I say, how high? You're trying to win your prize in the p You've got this thing that you've, that you've packaged perfectly into this nice can. Now you can go out there and maybe you can get your first prizes, but then I wonder if that's satisfying or not. I wonder mm. if we're, I wonder if we're too far away from being creative, which is probably what we really enjoy about playing the bagpipes. At least I think that's probably what I really enjoy. So maybe that's where the burnout comes from. It's maybe Mm. we've lost, maybe we've lost the creative feeling. And then just by the way, stream of consciousness, when you learn a new p and you're working on it with your instructor and you're talking about it. And so it's in the earlier stages or even the middle stages where you're talking about how you might refine it. Those are some of the most creative, enjoyable parts that I can think of. Like, that's a super creative thing. It's, hey, why don't we try this? What Mm. if you think about it this way? What if you introduce this to that? Or Angus Mackay's setting had it this way. I wonder if maybe now that we're playing the tune, maybe now we can see the merits in that. Hopefully you can see as I'm just like explaining that sort of thing. That's extremely creative. There's lots of cool choices you can make there. There's lots of directions that you can go. But then at a certain point, you've decided, oh, this is the way I'm going to play the tune. And now my job is to just play it over and over and over and over again and learn how to never screw it up. And by the way, what is screwing up really? It's probably not as bad as we make it seem in the competitive arena. So, yeah. Okay, which leads to the next question, maybe. Is competition the cause for our need to take time off? Uh. And the answer is no, I don't think it is fully, (laughs) but yeah, I do think high pressure performances tend to be danger zones, Mm. don't they? Yeah. Because we don't want to screw up that performance. So, so you, you're cramming it, you're cramming everything into this package that you're going to deliver during the performance. So it's funny wait. to me
0: that in in my mind, as you're describing all of this, the song I'm hearing in my mind is we've lost that loving feeling, but it's like oh, yeah. the relationship between me and my bagpipes,
1: right? Mm. <laughs> I think that's a great point as well. I mean, I think relationships are the same sort of thing, aren't they? In the sense that you can see when people start to box their relationship into one strict definition and they feel like that's what it is and that it doesn't evolve and that it doesn't change that, that tends to be the, uh, you know, nail and nails in the coffin for relationships as well, you know, Jeez, uh, Andrea, relationships that I, can't evolve.
0: I wasn't expecting, yeah. I wasn't expecting marriage advice this early in the morning, but I'll take nope. it.
1: <laughs> nope. Don't take any sort of relationship, uh, advice for me. Highly don't recommend. However, that makes a lot of sense to me. Things are going to evolve and change. I also think that's why we, I think that's why we love watching musicians that can improvise is because there's a process there and, but they're not too upset about making mistakes and each time they perform, it's going to be a little bit different. And I don't think it's any surprise that those are the musicians that inspire us as well. What were we even talking about today, Jim? Ah, yes. Taking a a break. Taking a break. (laughs) Yeah. We're, in today's episode, we've taken a break from any sort of structured narrative, yeah
0: <laughs> I think maybe maybe we need to take a break
1: <laughs> yeah, from well talking. <laughs> uh can we can we wrap this up somehow, Jim?
0: yeah, so the I think the summary you put it beautifully, Should I take a break during the off season? Yes, no.
1: Yes, no, exactly, exactly right, yeah, definitely take a break from high intensity from putting pressure on yourself right any of that kind of stuff we definitely want to take a break from but are we going to take a break from piping hopefully not and if you feel the strong urge to do so i recommend doing so but in doing so ask yourself why do i feel the need to do so
0: mm. change things for next year so you don't get to that point again
1: yeah and and by the way i fail every year so i think it would be a little bit i think it could possibly be a little bit different but it's just not. I have my thing that I do, and then you you do it, and there it is. Maybe it's, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then again, what am I really taking a break from? I'm not taking a break from piping. I'm still playing a little bit. I'm still mm-hmm. teaching piping all the time, still running the business. So I'm still piping. But yeah, definitely a sizable break from putting pressure on myself to be on top of my game.
0: Yeah, so you're taking a break from a kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. Not taking a break from music.
1: hmm exactly. Mm. Yep. And then if we can load balance the intensity, uh, then we should be able to go long periods of time without needing a significant break. And by the way, those long periods, that's, you'll see a lot of improvement during that time, provided we're doing all the important things we need to do to keep things moving forward. All right. Let's leave it there, Jim. Beautiful. Hey everybody. Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo and I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.